0: and the Jewish people, the God of Israel has him, there's a Roman on his mind. It's amazing. It's pretty phenomenal when you think about it, when you think about the tensions of the day. Think of it so far. This man is of the wrong ethnicity, wearing the wrong clothing, is on the wrong side of the tracks, and as far as Jewish people are concerned... He's not someone they're looking to get friendly with but his heart is right toward God in a spiritual sense and because his heart was touched by the God of Israel he has been changed. A guy that could very well be looking to hurt Jewish people oppress Jewish people even kill Jewish people has goodwill towards Jewish people for one reason only, because God has touched his heart. Friends, don't underestimate what you could do to change our world. This man's heart was changed. One man who was a very influential man, a powerful man, could have caused a lot of soreness for Jewish people, but yet he was a blessing. So we can draw a conclusion, at least so far in our story, that God has taken an otherwise unfavorable man in the eyes of Jewish people and changed him for the benefit of those same very people. The same people he would normally dislike and distrust. God changes the human heart. And he has one of giving and charity and love. Wouldn't it be something if someone reached the man last week? Before he got to a Jewish synagogue with evil in his heart. Wouldn't it be something if someone told him the good news of the living God of Israel who loved him, had a plan for his life, who could change and take the hatred out of him and put love into him. We wouldn't have been here today doing what we did if he was reached. Verse 5 says now, Send some men to Jaffa to to bring back a a man named Shimon, also called Kepha. He's staying with Shimon the leather tanner who has a house by the sea. As the angel had spoken to him, as the angel that had spoken to him went away, Cornelius called two of his household slaves and one of his military aides. So get the picture. There's a military aide now going to go on this little quest to find Kepha who was a godly man, though, and he explained everything to them and sent them off to Jaffa. You see, the Roman soldier is told to send men to a Jewish man in Jaffa. And he obeys without question the instructions of the angel. This man was willing to go against all societal prejudices for one reason, his relationship with God. His relationship with God. And then in verse 9, it says, The next day about noon, while they were still on their way and approaching the city, Kepha went up onto the roof of the house to pray. And he began to feel hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing the meal, he fell into a trance, in which he saw heaven opened and something that looked like a large sheet being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals, crawling creatures and wild birds. Then a voice came to him, get up, Kepha, slaughter and eat. But Kepha said, no, sir, absolutely not. I've never eaten food that was unclean or trafe." The voice spoke to him a second time, stop treating as unclean what God has made clean. This happened three times. Then the sheet was immediately taken back up into heaven. Kepha was still puzzling over the meaning of the vision that he had had. Why was he puzzled? Because he understood as a Jew that God, who established the Torah, wasn't asking him to now eat unkosher foods. He knew that. And he's puzzled because a lot of modern translators translated it as that, that's why you could eat treif, because of Kepha's vision. It explains itself later on in the chapter, and I'll point it out to you. But Kepha is puzzled because he knows God is trying to communicate something to him, something extraordinary, something revolutionary, and he's perplexed. He knew God wasn't changing his mind on the Torah, so he was trying to figure out what the meaning of the vision was which he does, like I said later out on the passage. To be clear, though, the vision was not saying that the kashrut, the kosher laws, were now null and void for the Jewish people. That's not what it says. When the men Cornelius had sent, having inquired for Shimon's house, stood at the gate, they're there now, they have arrived, he's up, just coming out of his trance, and called out to ask if Shimon, known as Kepha, was staying there. Realize there's an army official, a soldier, the big guy's aid. If you're a Jewish person of that day, and you see a little contingent down looking for you, and one of them is the aide of a macher in the army, you're not exactly stoked. You're a little worried as to what's going to be going on here. So while Kepha's mind was still on the vision, the Spirit said, three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and have no misgivings about going with them, because I myself had sent them. So have no misgivings was told to Kepha, because as he went downstairs, he's going to encounter Gentiles, one of which is a soldier, and he would normally have a lot of misgivings. (laughs) He would normally say, where's the back door, guys? Could I slip out of town before they get me? Realize that's the dynamic. He understands that, generally speaking, Romans and Jewish people and Gentiles, for that matter, don't normally mix well. That man walked into his synagogue last week and said, Kill all Jews. Because he had similar prejudices to this that were allowed to fester and grow. It sounds very much like the world we live in today, but just like there was a neutralizing factor then, there's also one today. So Kepha went downstairs to the men that he would normally not want to encounter. You were looking for me? Here I am. What brings you here? They answered, Cornelius. He's a Roman army officer, gulp, (laughs) an upright man and a God-fearer, a man highly regarded by the whole Jewish community or nation, And he was told by a holy angel to have you come to his house and listen to what you have to say. And in the natural, Kepha would say, yeah, right, like that's going to happen. So Kepha, instead, because he heard from God, invites them in to be his guest. At this point, Kepha has no good reason to welcome these men, except that God said so. He has no reason. Zero. Nothing in the natural, nothing happening in the society, nothing in the world that would have him welcome these three Gentiles into the house where he was staying. Except God. Again, we see the divine mediator at work among two people groups who have grown to mistrust and even perhaps dislike each other, Jew and Gentile. You know what's so funny about this? You realize we could could trace all the world's bias and hatred down to two groups, because the Bible talks of two people groups, Jews and Gentiles, Jews and non-Jews. What's going on in the Middle East is about Jews and Gentiles, What happened last week was about Jews and Gentiles. That's why it concerns me when there's so many Gentiles that have suspicious even Gentile believers who may have suspicious thoughts about what we are. What are we? We're Jewish people who love the Jewish Messiah and remain Jewish. That's simply who we are. Yet there's suspicion in the world. So the next day he got up with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Yaffa. He wanted to take a couple of people familiar to him with him, as you can imagine. And he arrived at Caesarea the day after that Cornelius was expecting them he had already called together his relatives, his friends, his whole house and as Kepha entered the house Cornelius met him and fell prostrate at his feet but Kepha pulled him up to his feet and said stand up I myself am just a man and as he talked with him Kepha went inside and found many people gathered and he said to them look at this phrase to give us a temperature of what's going on. You are well aware that for a man who is a Jew, to have close association with someone who belongs to another people, a Gentile, or to come and visit him is something that just isn't done. It's not done. Jews don't mingle with Gentiles. And in that day, Gentiles didn't mingle with Jews. And what happens in an environment where you don't know about the other party is mistrust, is falsehood. The enemy's playground begins when you start thinking things and imagining what they do behind closed doors. And the other party wonders what they do behind closed doors. And you could even develop a hatred to a person you don't even know, haven't even met. And that's what happens. And that's the climate here. And I'm not saying there's not good reason for a lot of this mistrust. There is. But God has a solution. It's his presence. It's a relationship with him that could turn people's hatred into love because God's plan was to take a holy Jewish nation and to reach all the nations. But how could that happen if the nations hated that one nation? How could it happen if that one nation didn't want to associate with the other nations how could God's vision ever happen right so God is looking to reconcile to bring them together in him At one point, the Mishnah says straightforwardly, the dwelling places of Gentiles are ritually unclean. And realize the Mishnah, the Talmud, it's formative years, it's codified in 200 CE, but right around this time in Cephas' day, all those philosophies, theologies would be floating around. He'd be well aware with the Jew not going into the house of a Gentile. It's unclean, it's not a place for me. Yet because God speaks to his heart and he has a relation, a real relationship with God. He says yes and he goes in. And even jeopardizes his reputation, as we'll see later in Acts right, 15. But look what Cephas says. But God has shown me not to call any person common or unclean. When did he show him that? In the vision. Kepha figured it out what God was doing. God showed him through that vision that would no doubt get his attention because he's a Jew does not eat unclean foods or unclean animals. And God showed him in that vision not to call any person common or unclean. So when I was summoned, I came without raising any questions Tell me then, why did you send for me? So here we have come to the crux of our story. We see here that God is the common denominator for peace and love between peoples. The God who created and formed the Jewish nation with the intent to use his beloved nation to redeem all nations of the earth. He's the common denominator. So here we have these two diametrically opposed peoples brought together by God. How could we heal the world that produced such an evil and violent act as last weekend? We could introduce people to the living God. I often say it, well, you know what, sometimes I'll be amongst other Jewish believers at events I was at this one event where it was a large um, you know we had booths everyone had a booth there was a booth for all different sorts of ministries and there was a, a big Muslim booth and Jewish believers a little nervous about that and I said "Well, we shouldn't be nervous about that We want Muslims to come to faith in the Messiah more than anybody. Why? Because when they come to faith in the Messiah and their heart is changed by the power of God, they no longer want to hurt Jewish people. That's a good thing. (laughs) That's a real good thing. Because it is only by the power and the love of the living God does hatred become extracted from the human heart as it was for Cornelius in our story, and as it was for Kepha. That hatred, that mistrust, that dislike, that animosity was removed because of God. Both men introduced to the living God. Both men drastically changed. Both men no longer wanting to do what they would normally be inclined to do but rather do the exact opposite instead of pushing them away wanted to draw them near because of God because of a changed heart a changed life because both of these men had a relationship with the living God they were both able to look past their fears and their prejudices and embrace one another this is what our world needs today you know it sounds so simple There's an old song that says, Yeshua is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Yeshua is the way. Yeshua is the answer. It's so simple. It's almost naive. But this whole chapter in the book of Acts 10 is that very song fleshed out last week could have been avoided if that man was reached with the love of Yeshua. He wouldn't have hated Jewish people. He would have wanted to do charitable things for Jewish people. Instead of bringing death and destruction to the synagogue, he would have wanted to bring an offering of love and peace and service. Friends, don't underestimate what you could do. Who would, do you think the neighbors of this man would have thought, because don't we always hear that in these weird, bizarre, evil tragedies, and they interview the neighbor and they say, what about so-and-so? Oh, he was such a nice guy. I never saw that coming, right? How many times do you hear that? Well, he might have looked like a nice guy on the outside, but there was hatred living and festering on the inside. And there's only one power that I know of that could change hatred and turn it into love, and that is the power of God. Do you know who lives next to you? Think about it. Do you know who lives next to you? Or down the street from you? That if their lives were changed, right, you would set their life in a new course and prevent who knows what. Kepha addressed them and said, now I understand that God does not play favorites, but that whoever fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him no matter what people he belongs to. no matter what people. We're Jews here. And we might look odd to a lot of people. We might look odd to the church down the block. Right? But God loves us. The church down the block might look odd to us. I have to tell you, my kids know nothing but the Jewish faith. When we go into a church building, my children's, their eyes get as big as saucers. It's foreign to them. Everything about it is foreign to them. I remember once we walked into a Catholic church. My kids were freaked out. They were younger. Dad, what's that? But God doesn't play favorites. Do you know that there are Catholics who are genuine believers in the Messiah, who love God? From every people, from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue, we're told. It's because God can change a heart. That's what we hang our hopes on. Friends, if we want to impact the world and stop tragedies from happening, you know, it sounds corny, Because you've heard the line many times, but it is really truth. It happens one heart at a time, one life at a time. I've meant, because I've seen it on both sides, I've met my fair share of anti-Semitic Gentiles. And it oozes out of them. But I've also met my fair share of anti-Gentile Jews. neither one is correct neither one is right God changes hearts and puts love say love in us Kepha then goes on to tell these Gentile people the good news he tells them and I proclaim to you today and he proclaims four things and I'm going to close with this that perhaps we could have as a takeaway that we could proclaim to other people he proclaims number one that God announced peace to all men, say all men, through Yeshua the Messiah, who is Lord of everything. He told these Gentile peoples, you can have peace in your heart because God has sent the Messiah, who is Lord of everything. Two, that Yeshua came in the power of God. How God anointed Yeshua from Nazareth with the Ruach HaKodesh and with power, and how Yeshua went about doing good and healing all the people oppressed by the adversary because God was with him. That there's a God who not only could change a human heart, but that can cause good things to happen to humanity, fallen, broken humanity. That there's a God that we serve that's powerful that can do things that we can't do. I want to tell you a quick testimony. Fred, Fred and Natalie, <laughs> I saw them yesterday in the hospital. They're on the mend. Okay? N- Natalie's prognosis is really good. Fred got this weird bite. They ended up lancing something on him. He was in the hospital. He's doing good. Ray Lynn with the feet is doing good. I got a call on fr- uh, last Friday from one of my rabbi friends, and said, I have bad news to share with you, Michael. My wife, they said that she has, likely has cancer on her her adrenal gland. I immediately said, let's believe God, let's pray. We, We sent our prayer request on the National Jewish Fellowship site and to all the people we were praying, and he just got back from, Yesterday I got a text from him on the way back from the clinic. It's the famous clinic in, in Houston that, that deals specifically with cancer that there is no trace of cancer at all. <laughs> that the things that they saw, the things... And the, they were totally wrong. It's not cancer. It's not there. And I, I can tell you that my friend was elated and relieved. And his wife said, because they were so sure that it was... That in a week's time, God turned around that whole diagnosis in a week's time. And his wife said, it's nothing short of a miracle of God. Want to know why? Because the God we serve is a miracle working God. Number three, that he and others, Kepha and others, we're the others. Okay. were personal witnesses of Yeshua's death, burial, and resurrection. We weren't personally, but... <laughs> And that he and others were commissioned to tell Jewish and non-Jewish people that truth. Friends, I want to say this. There's no more powerful thing you can tell another Jewish person or another Gentile person is that there is a God who loves them, who demonstrated his love by coming and dying for their sins, by raising from the dead, and he can change their life forevermore. That truth is still powerful we need to tell it more we are commissioned to tell it and then number 4 all the jewish prophets think about that matter of fact yeshua said all of the tanakh but certainly all of the jewish prophets bear witness to yeshua being the messiah every single one of them that we can be certain that yeshua is indeed the messiah that Yeshua is indeed the way of salvation for both Jew and Gentile. And when people get to live, friends, you know, you see me here today and I don't know what you think about me. Hope you think good things. But there was a time in my youth where if I showed up on Cephas' door or... Uh, any other person's door and said, come with me, people might have said, no thanks. But God changed my heart. One encounter with God changed my life. Removed hatred, Medieval. One encounter. What can we do to prevent last week's to repeat? It? How can we stop it from repeating itself? Because I have to tell you, as I got the news, my thoughts are immediately with you folks. Thinking that could have been Beth Emanuel. But God, God could take those things that are even currently harboring in someone's heart and remove them. Wouldn't you like a second with someone if I told you that the words that you share with them could avoid a tragedy like last weekend. If they would just get a glimmer of hope that there is a God who loves them and can change their life. Friend, don't underestimate who you are. In conclusion, the solution is the love of God dwelling in the hearts of both Jew and Gentile. This genuine love can come to all people through a relationship with God From a sincere faith in Yeshua, the Messiah, he is able to take people who would otherwise hate each other and want to do each other harm and bring them together in love and in harmony. He's able to do it. That's why, you know, I love the Messianic community because, you know, usually what happens in the church setting, it's a room full of Gentiles are from all nations, which is cool, and like one Jew, <laughs> the token Jew in the place. Where here it's more like 50-50 Jewish people and non-Jewish people who come together every week in harmony. And I, I see how you interact with each other and love each other and love God and serve each other and serve this community and serve our neighborhood and so on and so forth. It's a beautiful picture of what God intended all along. If you're in this room and you've never said yes to Yeshua, I want to tell you, it's the best thing you could ever do. He'll change your life. If you have any animosity towards Jewish people, I want to encourage you to go to God with that. It's not of God. And God could take that animosity and hatred out of you. And if you're a Jewish person in this room and you have animosity toward a Gentile, I want to say that God could take that out of you. Where we could truly love the nations as God does, because he created them all. And want to see them in the kingdom of light. If you've never prayed to receive Yeshua, just pray this simple prayer after me Lord Yeshua, say it together. Lord Yeshua, forgive me of my sins, of my crimes against heaven. I repent of them, all of them. In your mercy, forgive me, and I accept Yeshua as my Messiah as my Savior and King, into my heart and life, and I'll live for him all my days. Amen. If you said that and meant it, God will change your life. Friends, last week as I sit in my house feeling helpless, I said to myself, what could I do? This week I stand before you, although with a heavy heart, I stand before you hopeful because God is speaking to us and saying, you can change the course of your society. Just like Kepha did, just like Cornelius did, and that turned out pretty darn good. (laughs) For a lot of people because of these two men's willingness to go to God with their prejudices and hatred. Amen? Stand on our feet. I'm going to ask Moishe to come.